to the latest edition of One Team Talks and today we're joined by Derek People. Derek is Director of Operations for Aspire to Be London and he's kindly come down to join us today and have a chat. So welcome Derek, thank Thanks you for so joining much, us. Kat. Pleasure to be here, thank it's you. Lovely to see you, we haven't seen you face to face for ages. No, It feels no. like a really long time, doesn't it? Oh goodness me, yeah. Because interestingly, sort of taking on the role, just about coincided with lockdown. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it's great to be in the office. Yes, I can imagine. It's lovely to see you as well, obviously. So tell us a little bit about your current role then. So Director of Operations, Spy to Be London, it sounds exciting. What's going on? Oh, it's fantastic. So really, it's about how we grow Aspire to Be from London. Um, <laughs> looking at like, in, in, in simplistic terms. So really, what, 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 what I guess what it's been about really is looking at the sorts of networks that I developed over 20 years as a secondary head. Um, inevitably, there are quite a few there over that period of time. Building on the work that uh, came out of Parkhouse School, where I was the head, where we were one of 30 computing hubs in England. Great concept where the school got additional funding to look at professional development for teachers, putting on innovative courses for young people around computer science. So logically, there's been an element of development there. And in fact, the hub's been great around our EDCR programme, for example. We've used that to look at school strategies and then to think about how we can build wider education programmes off that base. So there's been some exciting work there. Some work with Get Berkshire Active. So that's the county sports partnership uh, in the county that I used to be the head in. Obviously, a commitment to well-being and welfare. Um, we've done some work there around the development of a portal for Get Berkshire Active. It's a county sports partnership. What it needs to do is to connect lots of community groups, lots of clubs around physical activity and sport. So the opportunity to bring all of that information together and to disseminate it effectively has been something we've looked at and a pilot there to then roll out across other active partnerships in the country. And uh, one also very interesting project around well-being across schools in West Berkshire, working with Berkshire Youth, uh, the development of a well-being app, and that's been used extensively. Initially, we were looking at uh, some of the pupil premium disadvantaged students who maybe had uh, experienced greater adversity during lockdown, less physical activity and so forth. But it's been so popular that it's spread right across West Berkshire schools. It's been fantastic. That's brilliant. And that, um, obviously, wellbeing is particularly important at the moment with the impact of lockdown, especially on, on our youth and you know school children. Um, and I know that wellbeing programme has been really well received, hasn't it? And it's not it's the app coupled with some face-to-face -face interactions as well. And the feedback we've had from it is, um, is has been great and it's really valuable. That's absolutely right. And I think you, what, what you point out there is that balance. We, we've got the best, I guess, of a hybrid sort of environment. Yes. That it's, it's been harnessing technology and clearly schools in the last two years have probably moved far faster forward than they would perhaps have done. Mm. Not that that's a, necessarily a good thing, but it, the, the way in which the, um, the pandemic's been a catalyst for that. But you're absolutely right. It was linked to face-to-face -face sessions uh, with Andrews Pistorius, one of our colleagues, um, done a huge amount of work on, on well-being in the in the sports sector but the application of that to schools has been fantastic and it's gone down as you say very very well indeed and I think made a major difference. Definitely and it, it must be really rewarding for you to be part of something like that where you can see the impact it has particularly with your background um, as a head teacher. Oh absolutely I mean I spent the last 20 years 
looking at how particularly physical activity, PE and school sport, could shape wider school culture. I, I was the head of a specialist sports college. It wasn't about winning more trophies or cups. It was about how do you build a physical activity culture into schools. So to have moved out of that direct role working within a single school and then looking at how Inspire to be products and services can actually broaden that sort of approach across a whole family of schools has been really, really satisfying and really exciting, something I'm really interested in building on. And it, it, it was very much, I think, that sort of context that first brought me into contact with Aspire to be looking at something like iBroadcast, yeah, um, yeah. again, working within a sports context and making those connections, but thematically opening up the opportunities across schools for so many youngsters. So, yeah, hugely exciting, hugely satisfying. Yeah, well, I mean, that leads nicely. I was going to ask you, you know, a bit about your background. So, obviously, you were a head teacher, um, you know, how you came to be at Despite to Be and what led you here, so... Well, once upon a time, I was a history teacher a long time ago. Oh, were um, Yeah, 30, <laughs> 34 years ago, I started teaching. Um, progressed through a, a, a curriculum route, really, head of department, uh, head of department in a very large school in Surrey, 2,100 on roll, one of the big, That's one of the biggest schools yeah. in the country. Um, then, then became a deputy head teacher there, and I was responsibility for, for timetabling. If anybody knows anything about timetabling in schools, if there's an incentive to get promoted out of it, do it pretty quickly because <laughs> it's one of the most nerve-wracking jobs in the school. You know, is, is, is the thing going to work on the first day of September? Um, yeah, and then 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 on to headship. Um, really fortunate, as I say, to have worked in what at the time were specialist sports colleges using the culture and the ethos. Um, did a lot of work around London 2012. Developed, helped to develop the London 2012 Get Set Education program, which is a fantastic oh, program wow. because it was themed around values education, friendship, excellence, equality. Uh, determination, courage, inspiration, all of the Olympic and Paralympic values. And for me, that was brilliant because you could think really creatively about the curriculum. Mm. But also, if I was going to set up a school from scratch, those are the sort of values that I would want to see in a school. Yeah. Um, it's really it, inclusive. Oh, it's hugely inclusive, hugely yeah. inclusive. And it, it, again, it wasn't about winning more cups or more trophies, although that was nice when you did. Um, it was about thinking really creatively about, about the curriculum. So that, that was a hugely exciting piece of work. And I guess I continued around that sort of focus. So I did some advisory work for, for Tokyo 2020, 2021 as it became, yeah. around the, the fact that those programmes had been successful and had had an impact because... The school at the time, Park House, where I was head, it was identified as one of the top 100 schools, state schools, totally open access community schools in the country for youngsters' continuous progress and development. So the sport and physical activity side of it wasn't wasn't a fad. It was, it, it was absolutely central to those young people's progress because I think happy, contented young people also tend to make decent progress. Um, and it was in that context then that... Um, I was really attracted to some of the work I saw at Aspire to Be, and this was actually through the the iBroadcast program that I just mentioned. Yeah. I loved the idea that you would use a sporting event to firstly engage young people, develop their wider skills, obviously in relation to technology, but more broadly around presentational skills. Sean Holly was very much involved, obviously as a as as, as a, a professional presenter and mm. sort of um, skills that he would bring. I loved that. I understood a little bit more about the project that happened down with, with Aberavon and how oh, schools the then came together and the whole heritage point, which yeah. is another passion of mine that we might want to pick up on later. Um, but 
I, I thought that's just a brilliant program because it's using technology again in an inclusive way. Mm. It's creating a sense of community and building a sense of community and something that was, I guess, really apparent to me over an extended period of time as a, a as a head in a single school. That sense of focus that a school can bring in a community and similarly in the same way that a sports club can bring, I guess, particularly a rugby club in, in, in this particular context in, in, in this part of the world. And I was just really excited about that. So began conversations with, with Simon, Simon Brennan, yeah. about um, where opportunities might be. The hub came along and aspired to be was one of the partners in the delivery of those professional development programs that I described earlier. They were part of the pool, if you like, experts that were going out in school. And then it was a logical progression. Um, I was considering a move out of directly being involved as a head. Um, I coined the somewhat corny phrase of making a difference differently and, and thinking yeah. about how in a consultancy uh, role you might be able to move forward. Um, and logically, the timing just came together then to, to, to start to work with Aspire to be in this in this new role. Yeah. I like to say, um, if people ever doubted my educational vision, I saw the pandemic coming and got out of <laughs> just in time before Very at the well sharp end. I, I, I managed yeah. to last the well the first three months of the first lockdown and all of the debacle that was around examinations. But the joy now has been in a position really to to continue to work particularly closely with schools through yeah. the application of, of, of technology. And I guess there's never been a more significant time for the importance of, of digital skills, digital strategy, digital learning. Yeah. Um, so, no, terrific. Brilliant. And, it, and like you say, it's so relevant at the moment as well to take that sort of the digital sphere and uh, apply it to your, I suppose, you'd have to call it your specialist subject, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean as, as colleagues from aspire to be will, will know, I don't come from a, a technical computing or, or IT background. What I do understand is its strategic significance, yes. um, how schools have to have a digital strategy, how they had to have a digital strategy before the pandemic. I was... Um, uh, I was very much of the view that my head of computer science um, needed to be moved into a senior leadership team role as, as a head of digital learning. We, we would have had a head of teaching and learning as part of it, but the importance of the digital strategy to that was, was critical. Yeah, so the timing's been, been absolutely essential, but being able to apply that in, in relation to passions around physical activity and sport is about as good a uh, is about as good an option as you can get yeah so we need to talk a bit more about your sporting background oh. so obviously it's been a huge part of yeah. your career around the education side as well but it's something that you're really passionate about isn't it yeah i think it goes back to my own school days and the fact that i loved sport at, at school i i joined actually an athletic club Goodness me, when was that? 1977, before there was lots of running going on. It wasn't, it was, it wasn't quite um, the sort of the popular pastime that it was, uh, or that it's become now. Quite rightly, it's brilliant because, again, of mass participation and so forth. Um, but I, I, I loved sport at school and everything that you learned from sport. Again, it was, it was great competing and it, you know, it taught you to win and more often lose with equanimity and I think was, was really important to um, a balanced approach to school life. And I guess... That's something that I carried through with me into my own ultimately leadership journey in school, that it was about developing balance for young people, all of the benefits that we know around mental health as well as physical health. Yeah. Um, 
put in another context, also preparation for exams. I think if you can manage your time effectively when, yeah, when you're balancing training and everything else, I think there's, there's a lot of learning from that. So, so yeah, the opportunity then to um, apply this um, in, in, into the work in schools. History, as I say, is a background. So there's an interesting piece of work at the moment around what's called sporting heritage. Sporting heritage is a, a CIC, a not-for-profit company, um, working to bring the sporting past to life, to engage communities. I guess in the same way we talked about the Aberavon project in that way. So I'm, I'm writing quite a lot of resources for them, mm-hmm. um, designed to excite young people about the sporting past, but actually get to get them to play a bit more sport as well. If they get excited yeah. about the, the context of sport, I think there's possibly a way in. So I've done resources around uh, women and girls rugby, women and girls cricket, both mm-hmm. of which are hugely relevant, I think, at the moment. I think we've got the Women's Cricket World Absolutely. Cup at, at yeah. the moment. And, and the uh, Women's Six Nations. Women's Six Nations. Yeah. Wales had a fantastic result yeah, at the weekend. It was great, wasn't it? Fantastic really week, yeah. result at the weekend. Game. Three members, I think, of Worcester Warriors in that, yeah. in that team. They've got quite a good representation. They've got a great representation, because yeah. that's, that's a fantastic link as well, because two of the, the, the girls that came through Park House, Karis and Kara, played um, England representative mm. rugby um, and have gone on to contracts at Worcester Warriors. And in fact, I got them to do a video f- for me as part of the Sporting Heritage Programme. And okay, it's a, it, it's a resource that's about the history of the women's game, but these two incredible role models, really passionate young women talking about the difference that rugby's made to their lives. Yeah. And we start with that because if it's an assembly resource, you think, well, they're talking about what it's done about their leadership, how it's helped to shape their, their careers moving forward. So there's a great resource on the history of women's rugby. Um, just recently, I say, done one on women's cricket as well. Women and girls cricket it was at Lords in the Long Room. Oh goodness me, two weeks ago at a symposium nice. on women, the women's game, and, and how that's changed and developed over time. Um, I've just done the official resource for the women's Euros football this summer so there's a heritage resource around that because of course um the the women's game was actually effectively banned um in in um in britain from 1920 onwards crazy situation i mean flourished during the during the first world war but um, yeah and then obviously it was linked with um the men gone back into the workplace, exactly. so women had to go back into the home, and they weren't allowed to exactly. engage. In exactly, exactly. Yeah. Really um, you know, yet the game had absolutely flourished, yeah. and, and and so the resurgence, and obviously, you know, thinking about the Euros this summer, that, that that's been great. So the resource is about producing a, a, an online museum exhibition, um, which again is an interesting connection to sporting heritage because Aspire to be doing some great work around the digitalisation of sporting resources, museum resources and so forth. Yeah. And I think that's going to really move things forward for schools because frustratingly, um, sometimes young people don't get released from school for other activities because of yeah. certain pressures and so forth. But if you can bring that sporting past to life and they can interact through digital approaches, that's fantastic. Well, we've done some really interesting um, virtual reality um, work around that, haven't we? With oh, it's amazing. 60 footage, and so you can actually go into these spaces and sort of manoeuvre oh. around and without leaving your desk. It's completely you know, it's, immersive. It's yeah, absolutely it's brilliant. Absolutely, such brilliant. a clever way to do it, and it's and it is, it is really um, practical way of doing it, but it's such an inspirational way of you know of being able to look at that as well. And um, very yeah, but you, you, I think you 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 mentioned inclusivity earlier on. Mm. I think that's so important because actually, 
you don't need to be able to afford the trip or whatever it yeah. is and all of the barriers yeah. that are there. You know, the, the, that, 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 that classroom and that experience is just completely open. Yeah, and I suppose these tools are there to broaden our horizons. Um, Absolutely. And it, it's what, what an opportunity for young people to oh. have as well. Yeah, and that, I guess, is one of... There can't be too many benefits that have come out of the last two years. But I think if schools are thinking, they've had to think creatively and imaginatively, if we can capture that momentum now and that becomes part of the much overused phrase of the new normal in terms of mm. learning. I think you know, that has to be a positive benefit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know, some of the other things we've seen coming out of the, um, the pandemic and lockdown are the, um, the changes in digitalisation within schools, like you've alluded to. And I know that's something you've worked really um, um, intensely with, is our EDCR programme and the benefit of schools Oh, the EDCRs, I, I think, an absolutely brilliant, mm. brilliant, brilliant product. It, it's a fantastic starting point for any school to say, well, actually, where are we? There will be inevitably strengths and areas for development yeah, within almost any school, whatever yeah. its size, whatever it, 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 its capability. And if you're looking for that baseline about then where you shape the next stages of development, your improvement plan, where you put resources mm, in terms of development, yeah. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant tool. I can also see fantastic opportunities where that applies also to the, the business DCR and thinking about yeah, um, how that also works. But for me, that has to be, as a school, as a former school leader, mm -hmm. the most valuable of any kind of tool you can have. And I also think that's particularly relevant to maths, where you might be looking across, I don't know, a family of up to 20 schools, possibly more than 20 yeah. schools. If you're the CEO of a map and you want to see where your strengths are, the schools that can lead and drive the other schools forward, then it's a perfect, perfect tool to look at in those terms. Yeah, so absolutely. in terms of efficiency and effectiveness going forward, fantastic. And I think the beauty of it is as well is that obviously a lot of schools reacted to needing this technology and it almost it, there wasn't really a, a coherent strategy just because schools had to get tech in to be able to deliver online and the edcr it, it almost pulls it all together and gives you a bit of a, a clearer view i suppose rather than the piecemeal um reacting scenarios reacting to situations it's it's that collaborative um take isn't it oh and, and i think i mean collaborative i think is a, is, is again is a, is a key word there and whether that's looking at collaboration within a single school particularly a, perhaps a big bigger secondary school yeah. where it, it, as is often quoted there's more within school variation often than there is between school you know your, yeah. your history department may actually be fundamentally very different from your geography department and so forth so there's a great opportunity to bring together thinking within a single school and ensure that it's focused and is moving in one direction but also then um, the opportunities for collaborations across school yeah. and, and I, I guess one of the other things perhaps pandemic has taught us is that there's a lot that we can learn from each other in terms of best practices as a vehicle for that whether that's formally across a, a multi-academy trust or indeed a, a local authority if you take the local authority that I worked in West Berkshire relatively small local authority 10 secondary schools 70 plus primary schools um, real opportunities to pool expertise and understanding that comes out of an EDCR yeah so you've obviously had an incredibly varied and illustrious career, um, a lot going on, very busy man. What can you pinpoint that you're really, really proud of 
Great question. I, I, I think it's been the engagement of young people and the excitement of young people through great learning. The progress that they make. I, I'm not sure there's a single event that I could I could really pin down. Um, I look back over goodness me, whatever it was I said earlier, 34 years of being involved in teaching, um, and I suppose in the early stages, it you know it, it was the great lessons. It was the lessons yeah. where where young people were, walked away and thought, oh, actually, yeah, I think I think they were actually. Yeah inspired by that in some way maybe they weren't I don't know but it felt like it at the time and then I suppose as as you've moved moved on through your your career you you've become less directly involved in that immediate impact on 30 young people in a one-hour classroom but then I guess sort of building culture in organizations where everybody's working towards the the same goal of ensuring that every young person in that community makes the progress comes out as a happy, rounded, responsible young person. Brilliant. I mean, very inspirational. And um, obviously, you know, what you've done within the community as well, with not just your education, but your sport and, and your heritage is, um, yeah, it's great. It's... Well, it's, uh, the joy is working with fantastic people in fantastic teams. The Aspire to Be team is is inspirational in, in, in every way. And that that's one of the joys, I guess, of the last well the last two years here but my career as a whole what you've been able to do is work as part of exceptional teams and you know that that, that continues to be the motivation brilliant great thank you so much for your time Derek it's been really really lovely to speak to you absolute so. pleasure thank you Kat. thank you